Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Leading Through Uncertainty podcast. I'm Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature and host of this podcast, and I'm the author of the book Leading Through Uncertainty. In this series, I'll be delving into each of the chapters of the book and exploring what's the context of uncertainty, what are some of the challenges we face, and what are the habits and leadership behaviours that we need to adopt in order to navigate uncertainty more easily. This week, I'm reading Chapter 12, Staying with the Discomfort of Uncertainty, and it starts, as usual, with a quote. If you stay long enough in the discomfort of uncertainty, you create transformation and breakthrough. And of course, that's easier said than done, isn't it? But the chapter that I'm about to read starts with a story of how I ran my first workshop and not just had the uncertainty of how does this thing with horses and people work? But I had a whole range of other uncertainty that I never could have envisaged or planned for. Callie came flying out of the stable, snorting in fear, her head held high. I struggled to lead her. She was dancing on her toes beside me, wanting to rush off ahead, but paying attention to me as well and not wanting to hurt me. This was the afternoon session of my first workshop with clients. I was leading through uncertainty, unsure how to lead Callie, unsure whether my workshop would work, unsure whether the clients would enjoy it. Unknowns and uncertainty in full swing. The morning had gone well, Callie was proving to be exceptional in her first day of work and I felt good about the learning the clients were getting. I relaxed as things were going well. As I led Callie out, my heart rate rocketed as she bounced from foot to foot beside me. The clients had just built an obstacle course around which they were going to lead her. I was struggling to hold her, so I explained to the clients that she felt a bit unsafe and that I would let her loose in the arena first to burn off steam. I removed her head collar and Callie shot off. She ran up and down the arena at a flat-out gallop, snorting and looking out into the distance across the fields. The clients looked at me as though I would know what to do. I felt uncomfortable. Nothing prepares you for moments like these. All you can do in moments of uncertainty is be curious and trust in your leadership. We stood having a conversation about how we are never in control and the importance of surrendering to what is presented and working through it. Suddenly, I heard the sound of a hunting horn and I realised that Callie had picked up on it long before we had heard it. I suggested that we wait a bit longer, unclear how this was going to play out. A few minutes later, the local hunt appeared over the hedgerow, less than a 100 metres away in the field next to us. As 30 horses jumped over the hedge and galloped past with about the same number of dogs, all barking, Callie grew increasingly frantic and flew up and down the arena at an alarming rate. It was an incredible sight, but I was terrified in case Callie jumped the arena fence and joined them. Thankfully, she stayed with us, but she continued to gallop up and down for the next 45 minutes. My workshop was over. There was no way we could work with Callie now. She was drenched in sweat and far too anxious for clients to lead safely. I couldn't get near her. Throughout, I noticed brief moments when I wanted someone to come along and take over. I wanted someone to fix the problem and ease my discomfort of not knowing. I kept bringing myself back to focus on the clients, knowing that they were relying on me to lead. I stayed, grounded in my leadership, trusting that somehow we could recover the situation in some way, trusting that the clients would be okay with the workshop ending this way. 
The clients never finished their day, as Callie remained agitated and unsafe to lead. I offered them a free afternoon session another day so they could complete their learning. Weeks later, they had still not returned, and when I contacted them again, they explained that they had got all the learning they needed. The learning had been around how to stay in the discomfort of not knowing what is going to happen next, and how to respond to it powerfully as a leader, continuing to take responsibility for our actions without needing everything to be wrapped up perfectly with a pretty bow on top. They learned that leadership is messy and that we can still lead effectively even when we're uncomfortable and have no idea what to do next. My first workshop had certainly thrown me in at the deep end of uncertainty. Being uncomfortable. Uncertainty is uncomfortable. We naturally seek comfort and safety and we therefore avoid uncertainty. Many of my clients talk about being in control as if it were something to strive for. One of the reasons people gravitate towards others like themselves is because they know how those people will think and act. It creates a place of certainty and safety. But we are never in control. Leadership happens out of the comfort zone in times of uncertainty. Whenever there is a lack of clarity, there's discomfort, a sense of not knowing the destination or how to get there. The challenge is to stay with the discomfort long enough to allow something new to emerge. When there is uncertainty, we leave the comfort zone and our default patterns of behaviour show up under stress conditions. An eventual breakthrough is the reward when leaders develop the tenacity and a willingness to keep going in service of something greater than the self. When the ego kick kicks in and we become attached to a particular outcome, the uncertainty is more uncomfortable. When we surrender to what is happening, we can navigate our way forward trusting that step by step we create the new. It requires a huge amount of flexibility and a trust in our ability to create the future from what is presented. How can you be more comfortable with uncertainty? In the current climate of great uncertainty, we need more balance. When people are repeatedly put under pressure, they become stressed. While this is a normal response to the discomfort of uncertainty, we need to develop the skills to stay and lead through the discomfort before reaching a state of overwhelm. Taking time out to recharge ensures that we can be resilient. Many leaders in organisations are exhausted due to the repeated pressure of leading through uncertainty. Recovery is an essential part of it and we need to create space for it. Disconnection and disengagement With the increasing use of technology, we rarely switch off. Whenever there is discomfort, people reach for their phones as a way of distracting themselves. We seek comfort in the knowledge that there will always be a way of connecting with others through social media, email, or by escaping through playing games. Distraction is a form of disconnection. There is a desire to move away when things get uncomfortable. Notice what your patterns are in a team when things are not going well. Where do you withdraw and what's the impact of that? Disconnection can show up in lots of ways. For example, the moment you get frustrated in a meeting and switch off, however briefly, or the time someone is talking and you disagree, so you roll your eyes and disconnect. You get stuck in your own thoughts and ways of thinking, believing others to be wrong and you to be right. You retreat to listening to self as a form of protection and shut out the needs of others. All of this creates disconnection and prevents collaboration. At times, listening to self is needed for your safety and to make sense of your thoughts. It's important to notice it, recover and reconnect when it feels appropriate. 
Disconnection and disengagement are a normal part of the discomfort of uncertainty. We don't need to fight it either in ourselves or in others. Developing the muscle of reconnection and re-engagement involves paying attention to the disconnection and bringing yourself back. Fear has a huge part to play in the disconnection. Often people withdraw through a desire to maintain their safety or to avoid conflict. By overcoming the voice of fear, it grows easier with practice to be true to yourself in thought and action and the ability to stay becomes second nature. We need to allow disconnection to happen for ourselves and for others and not see it as a broken system and to trust that it can be balanced with re-engagement. The responsibility lies with each individual to be aware of their patterns of behaviour and to recover and recalibrate more quickly. How can you support people in your team to disconnect and reconnect without blame or judgement, knowing that the baseline for disconnection is different for everyone? When people disconnect, it doesn't mean that trust is broken, although people often think it is. Continuing to trust, respect and build relationships can help people re-engage and feel supported rather than isolated. Relationships require continual attention and connection is not a one-off event. It requires ongoing nurturing and this is especially important when people disengage. The tendency is to take it personally when you see others disconnect. When you recognise the disconnection as a way of managing the discomfort you can create acceptance for the ebb and flow of connection and disconnection. When people disconnect, it becomes harder to reconnect because they lose their sense of belonging. If you see disconnection as part of the process, you can show support and stay open, and it's easier for people to re-engage more quickly. Everyone will disconnect and reconnect at different moments based on where they're triggered and where their comfort zone lies. When there's acceptance that disconnection is part of the process, People feel more comfortable dealing with the discomfort in different ways and that reduces the pressure on everyone. Holding polarities and paradox. Difference isn't chaos, although it often looks and feels as though it is, because we seek the comfort of certainty and alignment. We need to be able to hold polarities in uncertainty as we navigate challenges with different opinions and approaches. This is magnified when we work globally with different cultural beliefs and value systems. Polarities and paradox can lead to disconnection due to the discomfort of perceived conflict. The chaos and conflict that arise from different opinions are just part of the process of leading through uncertainty. And therefore it's essential that leaders develop the skills in this area to work in harmony with themselves and with each other. Co-sensing and co-shaping the future is a crucial part of this. Many people struggle with not knowing, and rewards and recognition have historically been based on knowledge and information. Now the leadership requirements are changing. The discomfort of difference is something that leaders will increasingly experience and therefore need to adapt to. Holding polarities and paradox can be uncomfortable as the answers are unclear and unknown. Polarities provide an opportunity for dialogue, discussion and collaboration, as long as we accept that it will be uncomfortable and that we need to stay engaged through our differences. We can increase creativity and innovation and build deeper relationships with other members of the team once we know how to hold them with curiosity. Where might you be shutting down polarities out of a desire for comfort and answers? Polarised views can be destructive, so we need to continually develop the skills of holding them without resorting to blame, judgement and criticism. 
When clients work with the horses, they often discover that a horse may have a different opinion and refuse to move when asked. Initially, clients are uncomfortable because their sole aim is to move the horse. Their attachment to the end goal causes them to blame the horse for being stubborn or difficult. In fact, the horse is very willing and engaged, but is waiting for clarity and relationship before they move forward. The horses show a way of being okay with difference, without losing trust and breaking the relationship. By contrast, when people cannot get the horse to do what they want, they often become frustrated and want to control and have their own way. They assume the relationship is broken, even though it isn't. Increasing control in uncertainty is counterproductive and the horses invite clients to find a way to provide clarity and direction, balanced with flexibility and dialogue. Creating clarity. With uncertainty comes perceived chaos as things rarely progress in a linear form. The need for clarity may cause people to become controlling coercive as they want to resolve the discomfort quickly and reach consensus. Yet clarity and control are fundamentally different. The increasing uncertainty of our time requires us to relinquish control and relax into flexibility and adaptability, trusting that we can create clarity as we lead through it. Dialogue can occur only when you're clear about your needs, values and belief. It's important to let go of being attached to being right because values are not right or wrong. Everyone holds different values and beliefs and we can hold multiple opinions to be true at any one time. Often when there is difference, people hide behind a mask. There is a desire to belong to the we agree club, yet differences are normal and actively to be encouraged in an, in an increasingly globalised workplace. The very nature of uncertainty means that there is no one right or wrong answer. Instead, there are multiple views of how to move forward. We can create clarity by expressing the differences without attachment to the need for one answer and without jumping to conclusions or trying to force alignment too quickly. Innovation arises from exploration, which requires openness and clarity to create understanding. Understanding is different from agreement and we create understanding through clarity without needing to agree. Where can you create more clarity and understanding? When uncertainty is uncomfortable and views appear to be polarised, you can explore the values and boundaries of others while being clear about your own values and boundaries of what is acceptable and what is not. When you seek to understand what's important to others, you can co-create solutions that could not be considered previously. The desire for certainty means we often seek to have our own view made clear without allowing others the space to articulate theirs. Part of the discomfort of uncertainty is the ability to stay through heated discussions and polarised views, letting go of the attachment to being right or wrong. This is a fundamental shift from the 1990s style of management through technical know-how and command and control. When you relinquish attachment and control, it's easier to create clarity. Staying grounded. Anxiety occurs when we're attached to the past or the future when we focus on avoiding past experiences or become attached to our own view of the future, we are no longer present. It's challenging to stay grounded in the midst of chaos. It's important not to get caught up in the swell of chaos and become a part of it. Instead, grounded leaders stay present and find ways to alleviate the discomfort without becoming a headless chicken. 
Many people who've recognised the need for calm have learned to project it in externally while feeling something vastly different internally. In order to be congruent and to prevent burnout, we need to find ways to create calm within, not just externally. The rise of mindfulness and meditation activities has offered people access to this inner calm. It's central to effective leadership. Paying attention to your physical responses to situations provides an invaluable source of information that you can combine with cognitive reasoning. Tension in the body is information that can guide you to think and act differently. By being flexible in your approach and aware of what you're thinking and feeling, you can lead in service of the whole rather than in pursuit of individual goals. Where can you switch your focus to leading in service of the whole? We create action in the present moment and we're more effective when that action comes from a place of grounded leadership rather than from a chaotic response to a crisis. When put under pressure, your adrenaline naturally fires up. That's fine for a short period of time, but it can become exhausting for both you and your team if you continually operate from a place of stress. Learning to be comfortable with not knowing an uncertainty enables us to stay more grounded and not invoke the fight-flight-freeze stress response. This is pivotal to the future of leadership, to minimise stress and overwhelm in uncertainty. How grounded are you? With the fast-paced world we live in, being present is a challenge for many people who live and work at breakneck speed. Spending time with the horses enables people to connect to the natural environment, a well-documented place of rejuvenation and reconnection to self. Horses invite us to a place of stillness from which creativity can occur. Research shows that in the presence of horses, we align our head, heart and gut. We slow down our breathing and heart rate, become more present and experience a clarity that naturally comes from this calm, grounded place. Many leaders have gained clarity over the most pressing problems by finding this inner state of calm in the midst of great uncertainty. They may not find all the answers, but the next step becomes clear and the grounded sense of calm gives them confidence in moving forward into the unknown. Grounded leaders look after themselves, find moments to disconnect from technology and other people and find space to recharge. Slowing down enables greater acceptance of the uncertainty and a recognition that it may not be fixable, but instead is something to be navigated. How can you support yourself better through uncertainty? Effective leaders flex their approach and recalibrate moment by moment. This enables them to stay in the discomfort of uncertainty without needing to create a short-term fix. Breakthroughs always follow uncertainty and chaos. The challenge is to stay grounded in the discomfort long enough to create the transformation. And that concludes this chapter on staying in the discomfort of uncertainty. And, you know, I think this is a really challenging thing to do. We naturally want to retreat as soon as it gets uncomfortable and we want to push through or run away. And we need to find a different a different way of navigating it. Um, although disconnection and disengagement are part of the process, we need to be able to re-engage and reconnect quickly and create an environment where other people can do the same thing. So I encourage you this week to have a think about how do you get more comfortable with uncertainty? How do you 
learn to stay when it's uncomfortable and to trust that things will work themselves out and that by being curious and seeking to understand other people's opinions and being clear on your own that you can find some way of aligning together um, that you can stay grounded in the uncertainty and support both yourself and your teams better. I hope that's been a really useful insight into staying with the discomfort of uncertainty. It's never going to be easy, but it is a muscle that we can develop. And the more we practice it, the easier it becomes. That's it this week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and you'd like to read the full chapter, you can download a copy of it from my website at judejennison.com forward slash podcasts. Or if you'd like to hear real live stories of leaders who've led through uncertainty and how they've overcome their challenges, check out season one of this podcast, episodes one to 35, where I interview leaders from a variety of organisations on their experiences. There are some truly inspirational stories from leaders there. I'm Jude Jennison, host of the Leading Through Uncertainty podcast and founder of Leaders by Nature. Keep leading. And I'll come back soon with the next chapter of my book, Leading Through Uncertainty.